Let's get in the Word. Amen? Turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I recall some time that it came up in my heart late in 2021 uh, to just take Wednesday nights and talk about uh, either healing or prosperity. And I uh, was just reminded of that. And my wife brought a great message about the uh, rear ends and the tight ends and the loose ends and <laughs> everything else last week. And, uh, and we learned not to worry. Amen. Amen. It was very good. And uh, so we'll just endeavor to build uh, on the foundation that she laid. So praise God. Amen. Joshua chapter 1. Uh, verse 7 and 8. It says, Only be thou strong. This is God speaking to Joshua. He's now the new leader of Israel. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law. Now, here in the Old Testament, that's, that's the word that they had, right? I, when I, just, just me, it, it'll help you. When I see the law, I, in, I just immediately interpret that in my mind, the word. We have the expanded canon of the Scripture. We have the New Testament now. And uh, everything that God has given in His Word should apply to this principle. Amen? So, praise God. So, reading that again. Be thou strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the Word which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. I, I, I bet the... God wouldn't have told him that unless it, there would have been a real opportunity at times to turn aside from what God said, to wander over to the left, to find yourself veering over to the right. Amen? And God is telling him, listen, be focused. Do not turn from the Word to the right hand or to the left. Now why? What will the outcome be? That you will prosper whithersoever, that's a, that's a King James word, isn't it? In other words, wherever you go. I like that language, don't you? I want to prosper wherever I go. Wherever I go, I want to prosper. Well, it's going to take courage to do that. Now, courage to do what? He said be strong and to be courageous. We focus on those words, but to what end? Well, he said, be strong and courageous to observe. Now, if you, you're observing me right now, what's that? What are you doing? Looking, paying attention to, receiving information from, right? You are observing me. So he said, be strong and courageous to observe to do. To observe to do according to all the word. Don't turn from it. To the left or right, be focused. Amen? Then you'll prosper wherever you go. I want to talk to you for a few minutes with the time we have left about prospering God's way. And how that God has linked your success and your prosperity to how you treat the Word. And what you do with the Word. Amen. God is telling Joshua, now Joshua has an assignment. You have an assignment. And, and I think this is important context. God is giving him a recipe. He's giving him instruction of what to do to guarantee success in pursuing the assignment. You and I, will. I don't care how much you 
uh, know of the word, quote the word, whatever. If you don't know what your assignment is, God prospers you as you pursue His assignment for your life. Now that can be very general, amen, but there's also very specific things that God has assigned to your life. Amen. And uh, so there's just no prospering away from willing and obedience and pursuing the assignment. But even knowing the assignment, you have to know some things to get to your destination. Amen. To prosper as you pursue the will of God for your life. Amen. And uh, so praise God. Let's go ahead and read that eighth verse. This is a verse that's very familiar to us. He goes on and says, This book of the law, or I would say the, the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth. Amen. But you shall meditate therein, in the word, day and night, that you may... Here's this language again. You know, God says something repeatedly. We should really take it to heart and pay attention. That you, might medi- that you may observe to do, not to observe to memorize. Or to quote to your friends in the lobby. Amen. But we observe the word to do the word. This is where strength and courage comes in. Because when you observe, it takes, if you're not a tither, amen, and if your budget's tight, it's going to take strength and courage to observe to do that Bible truth when you come across it. And you're welcome. We make sure you come across it a lot. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's going to take strength and courage. Amen. When you're uh, mistreated at work, when somebody does you wrong, somebody does you dirty, somebody mishandles you, somebody's dishonorable, and you have observed the word about the commandment to walk in love, it's going to take strength. It's going to take courage of your conviction. Amen. Everything about the word is to get you to do it. Not just know it. Knowledge puffs up. That's what Paul said, knowledge puffs up. So if you're just about knowledge, yeah, you'll, you know a lot about the Word. Many do, but they don't do near what they know. Success is not in knowing. Success in do, is in doing what you know. There's, there's no power in reading five chapters to say to yourself, I read it. Aren't I a good Christian? It's great to read the Word. You should read the Word. Amen. Uh, but with the right aim and with the right understanding, with the right goal in mind. So in these two verses, uh, he's getting this initial instruction that's going to enable him to get to the end of his race and, su- and succeed wherever he goes. Amen. And it's all about uh, staying very focused in how he handles the Word. It's supposed to be in his mouth. He's supposed to meditate in it day and night that he might observe to do according to all, not cherry-pick, but according to all that is written therein. You think about that's a daunting task, isn't it? We shouldn't have time for much else, if this is the assignment, to do according to all that is written therein. I've been studying the Bible for 25-plus years, and I still don't know all that's written therein, much less doing it all. So we have a full-time job, don't we? I said we have a full-time job. But then again in verse 8, just like in verse 7, he ends this particular phrase or verse by telling us the outcome of living this way. It says, for then, and I have that underlined in my Bible, not until then. For then. 
You know, so if I say, well, if you clean your room, you do all your chores, then I'll take you out to eat. Then we'll go into town, we'll go shopping. Well, not until then. You don't get to do it halfway and go, I did it, Dad. It's halfway done. Can we go? Nope. Well, Dad, the mall's going to close. Better hurry. It'll open again tomorrow. But not until then. See, a lot of people are wanting God to manifest His blessings, and God is saying, not until then. Amen. Praise God. For then... When you do that, Joshua, you will make your way prosperous. And then you shall have good success. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions. And we just rented a big skid steer. It's been a long time since I've ever been in one of those machines. So I had the guy give me detailed instructions. And if you don't do things in, I got in there uh, and, and operated it for a while and took my first break and then got back in. And then I, I, I turned the key and I cycled the off and I turned on the green button and the thing wouldn't go. And the thing wouldn't go and I just couldn't figure it out. Well, it's got this uh, like bar like you were going to ride in a roller coaster. You know, they put the safety bar over you. Well, the thing won't go until you put the safety bar down. I'd forgotten it's up above my head. Amen. It didn't, it worked. It worked like a charm when I followed the instructions. So God is telling Joshua, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. Turning neither to the right or the left, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, and you will be sure to obey, and be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Amen. So we can see from this verse, uh, these verses, that Joshua was going to prosper to the degree that he followed these instructions from God. Amen. I want you to notice something, that God linked Joshua's victory to what? Well, he linked his prosperity, he linked his success, he linked his outcome to what? To the obedience to do, meditate in the Word of God, study the Word of God, observe it, do it, talk it, think about it, amen? And do it, and then you'll prosper. Notice, God did not link Joshua's victory to the strength of his army. Joshua's victory and success was not dependent upon his education. It was not dependent on his IQ and personal talents. And it had nothing to do with luck. Nor did God link his outcome to whether or not he encountered favorable circumstances or not. God linked Joshua's success and victory everywhere he went to one thing. Doing the Word. Meditating and doing the Word. Amen? Now, this would be interesting if this was an isolated passage uh, and instruction, but it's not. Go with me real quick, because time's short, to Psalm 
1, the first psalm. And God, in different ways, moved upon people to give this instruction from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. Well, we can't prosper right now because of gas prices. Who told you that? You know, things are really looking bad. You know, I don't know. You know, la, 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 la. They told us Christmas was going to be terrible. And Christmas was fine as far as I know. No. Our victory, our success is dependent on one thing. How we treat the Word. The place you or I give the Word is directly determinative of the kind of life you ultimately live. Notice Joshua's victory was linked to one thing, just one thing. See, victory is not as complicated as people want to make it out to be. When I ask people as a pastor, honey, why are you struggling? Why do I always see you sick? Why are you missing services half the year? Why are you chronically uh, in dire straits financially? Well, most of the time they're going to give me a long litany of things. And none of them have ever told me I have neglected the word. Amen. Amen. And so we want to make things very complicated. We got this long tale. We got this long story of this that happened, this happened, and then they laid on, and then this, and then out, and then over here. And, but listen, sweetie, victory is tied to one thing. One thing. Pastor, that's just overly, overly simplistic. I'm sorry, I'm just reading the Bible. Now listen, he talked about observing the whole word, doing all that's written in the word. Well listen, a lot of the word talks about your finances, talks about how to conduct yourself in your marriage, uh, talks about morality, talks about right and wrong, talks about attaining wisdom, talks about how to handle your body. Amen? So, I mean, if you spend very long in the word, amen, and you start doing the word as a lifestyle... Victory and success and prosperity will be what you experience more and more and more and more. Amen. That's the great thing about the word. All the things that you encounter along the way, like viruses and sickness and sinful people and bosses that don't like you and downturns in the economy and the word in you overcomes all of that. Hallelujah. All of that. Amen. Believe that. Praise God. Victory and success is not complicated. Amen. If victory comes when we put the word first place, then failure comes because we don't. That's basically what God told Joshua. Put the word and keep the word first place in your life. Amen. And uh, praise God. If you'll do that, you'll have victory. You'll have success. And failure is... The, uh, the fruit of neglecting that. So Psalm 1. Psalm 1, look what it says. Blessed, what's that mean? That's a prosperous word. Empowered to prosper is the one, is the person that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in what? The word of God, the word of the Lord. And in his word, what does he do? This sounds a lot like Joshua, doesn't it? He meditates in the word day and night. This person, what's he going to be like? 
He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Same instruction. I said the same instruction. I want to be blessed. I want to be empowered to prosper. Amen? Well, I can't take advice and be influenced from the news. That's the, that's the counsel of the ungodly. Most universities, media, culture, what are they pumping out? Counsel of the ungodly. Right? I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners. Amen? I, of course, we encounter unbelievers in life. We should. It should be evangelizing. But I don't take my counsel and I don't have my close fellowship with people who don't love what I love, who don't honor what I honor. Amen? Praise God. I've separated myself from those kind of folks. That's not where I draw my fellowship from. Amen. You, you, if you need help, you need to know who you should turn to for help. Amen. I don't sit down in the seat of those who are going to scorn and mock what I love and honor. The things of God. They're not leaving me. Amen. I'm not leaving them. They're leaving me by their behavior, by their actions. Amen? But notice, uh, you know, when you go to like Florida and you go to places that really don't have winter, their trees never go dormant. They're in bloom all the time. Why? Amen? They're just in season all the time. Why? Because the conditions are right. And we don't have to have dormant seasons of health, dormant seasons of dryness in our life. Amen? Our leaf should never wither. But you have to adopt a lifestyle that's going to bring you this kind of fruitfulness. Amen? Well, you've got to do verse 2 if you want to live in verse 3. We all want to live in verse uh, 3, but you've got to do verse 2. Is your delight in the Word? Amen. And do you delight in it so much that it's, it's part of your morning part of your afternoon, part of your nighttime. You know, I, I remember playing certain uh, video games. And uh, I don't know what my son would call them, but they're like first-person shooter games, so like an adventure-type game. Star Wars has one. And they have different, uh, uh, what is it, Kaden? It's got a, a mission that you have to accomplish. What do you call that? A, a quest. See, yeah, I know you know, Brett knows. Yeah. And I mean, some of these are long things. And I mean, I, I get in, I pop that thing in, and I get to play and start my account and start playing. And I mean, I look up, it's 2.30 in the morning. 2.30, I was like, whoa, whoa. I mean, I, I haven't been distracted. I haven't been pulled aside. I, I, I hadn't had to get up and go potty five times. Why? I'm into what I'm involved in. Someone who delights in the Word. They've stirred up that kind of love and passion for the Word. Someone has to go, come to dinner. Your plate is cold. And you go, well, what time is it? I mean, if you feel like you've got to just drag yourself to the Bible every day, you need to stir yourself up. I said, you need to stir yourself up. This is where it is. Hallelujah. Victory comes off of these pages. 
So do you see Psalm 1 there? That's, that's a wonderful, it's just an echo, isn't it? Of what God had uh, told, um, had told uh, what's his name, Joshua. Amen. Go over to Matthew 12. I'm trying to skip up because I know I'm, I'm going to run out of time. What? What's his name? No disrespect, Joshua. You know, he's a killer. You don't want to mess with him. Uh, Matthew chapter 12. Let me give you some highlights here. So we see this instruction to meditate. Your prosperity and your success in God and in life is linked to you meditating in the Word. Well, what does that mean? You, you know what that means. It means to ponder. It means to think about, think deeply into, so much so that you begin to mutter that under your breath. You speak it to yourself. You confess it. The word meditate means to imagine. You know, the devil likes to hijack people's, Christians' meditation. Really, what my wife was talking about in part last, about worry, that's meditating in a negative direction. And the devil give you all kinds of imaginations of what could happen, what they might do, uh, what the doctor might say, what might be going on causing that little pain or ache in your body or belly or whatever. And medit- that worry is and fear is meditating in the negative direction. You just got to flip the script on that, sweetheart. Amen. You, you just need to find those verses about abundance and overflow and God's faithfulness and supply. Amen. Or his, uh, the covenant on healing and health and how he keeps us by the power of God, how he's given angels over our lives, how we're surrounded. God himself is my front and my rear guard. If you know that and believe that, you shouldn't be jumpy. Scared of your own shadow. God is my front and He is my rear guard. I'm surrounded with favor like a shield. I'm a blessing going somewhere to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, you have to, you have to set your mind and be intentional. You think about the assignment God gave Joshua. He's a busy guy. We're talking about war and campaigns, and he's got the leadership of over a million people. You know, and they all got gripes and complaints and prayer requests, and, you know, and he only gets the biggest problems that all the other leaders couldn't solve. Right? So he's, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, putting the Word of God first place doesn't mean that you've got to resign your job, quit your family, and become a monk and quote scriptures all day in a brown robe. That's not what he means. But what he means is that you have a flow of thought all day long, all the time, unless you're sleeping. What, is, what has got you occupied all day long? Is it the problems, the circumstances? the things that would cause you worry or concern, the natural. Where is the Word in all of that? Where is the Word in the flow of your day? should be first place. I said first place. Amen. 
And if we're, if we're suffering, people suffer. I, I'm quoting Pastor Nancy on this. People suffer because they're not putting the word in its proper place in their life. It's just, it's just that simple. If they would put the word in it. If you give a doctor a greater place than you give the word, then I hope that doctor can get it done for you. I really do. Amen. But people don't give the same effort in regard to the Word of God that they do the, the Word of their banker, their lawyer, their boss, their, the newspaper, you know, the TV anchor, whatever. Amen. Brother Hagin said this, he said, to the sick. He said, if, if the sick would give an all-out effort toward the Word, it would not be long and they would be healed. But it takes strength, doesn't it? When you don't feel good to press into the Word. Because if you're like me, you want to drink half a bottle of NyQuil and go to bed. Amen. Well, you better give place to the Word. Amen. God wants to do for us. But He will only do for us according to the prescription. We have to know His ways. And a lot of us, we want God's high... I'm not saying a lot of us. A lot of Christians out there, they want God's highest and best. They want to bring Him the minimum. And that just don't, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Look at Matthew 12. Y'all alright? Matthew 12. And we'll see, we'll see Jesus articulating this same principle, sort of. Verse number 34. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's basically saying, you all are not capable of speaking good things. Because of who you are. You are evil. Why are they evil? Because of what they had in their heart in abundance. What you have in your heart in abundance makes you what you are. Amen. What you have in your heart in abundance makes you what you are. Hallelujah. And he said that this is a spiritual law. Out of the wealth, out of what's in you in abundance, you will speak that. I said you will speak that. So if fear is in you in abundance, you cannot not talk it. It will come out of your mouth. He goes on, builds on the principle, verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, brings forth good things. Just break this down quickly. What makes a good man a good man? According to the scripture. A good man, out of the good treasure in his heart, brings forth good things. He's a good man because of what's in him in abundance. Amen. And the good man 
that is a good man because he's got good things in him in abundance, what does he bring forth? What does his life produce? Good things. So the big key is go from being a bad man to a good man. Go from having an evil treasure of doubt, fear, unbelief, wrong thinking, sin, in your heart in abundance, amen, and put a good treasure of the Word in there. Out with the bad, in with the good. It's real simple. Out with the bad, in with the good. Amen. And then what, what, when you replace what's in you that's bad with what's in you that is great and good and God, which is His Word, it's going to come out of you and your life will produce good things. Any Christian, any blessed Christian that you look at and you aspire to, you, you love what you see, the fruit of their life in marriage, family, finances, their mind, uh, the advancement of their calling, anyone like that you see, amen, you can have your own flow of that. Absolutely, I don't care. You can, you can overcome any handicap. You can overcome every stronghold, every character flaw, Every addiction, every bad habit, you can overcome it with one, just one thing you got to do. Tank up on what the Word says about that. And when you fill up with that in your heart in abundance, it will come out of you. You will produce that. I used to be a liar. I mean a proficient liar like a professor. of. I had tenured professorship at Lying University. All little liars would want to come to me to teach them how to lie. And I got to where I recognized that that was hurting my marriage. It was hurting my relationships. It was putting me on bad ground with God. You know, He hates lying. And all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Yeah, so, I, I, so you know what I did to break that habit of mine? I had just gotten a flow. I just, I mean, I was a liar. I mean, I was, I was just ingrained in it. I took all the scriptures that I could find from the Bible, not telling me how wonderful I was on lying. <laughs> and I meditated on them. I studied. I carried that list of scriptures with me for I don't know how many days. And that's what I read. That's what I looked at. That's what I fed into myself. Amen. And it produced in me a hatred for not telling the truth. You want to call that whatever, you want to call that growth. I can't tell you, it's the effect of the word at work in me. That's why I sometimes say, if you see any good in me, it's the God in me. Amen? But listen, you could have the life the Bible describes. The blessings of God belong to you. You just got to learn what to do. Amen? And feed the word of God into your heart until it gets... Uh, it gets there in abundance. So the, the King James calls this treasure. A good man out of the good treasure. I like it in the original. In the Greek it says deposit. A good man is a good man because of what has been deposited. Now, you go, go into the right church. You want to go to a place where you're going to get a good deposit. Amen. You don't want to go to a place where they say healing's passed away or, you know, God puts sickness on you sometimes, teach you stuff, because that goes in you. 
and it, it contaminates your believing. Amen. But you should be making deposits all day yourself. Men and women that have anger problems, you ought to look up what the Bible says about anger. Meditate on the love of God. Meditate. Amen. Think about, ponder, imagine, talk to yourself about 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Think it. Now remember, be strong to observe, to do it. So, oh, wow. Uh, love takes no account of a suffered wrong. <gasps> that means I don't need to speak up every time, you know, Amber does something wrong. Which is hardly ever, right? But some people feel like, you know, that they just need to, hot, hot. You know, love doesn't do that. You, love will get to where it almost doesn't even pay attention to it. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Love takes no account of the evil that's done to it. But see, you've got to feed that into you. And say, oh, now Holy Ghost, help me work on my work. I get to practice when I get to go home tonight. <laughs> Amen. And love never fails. Amen. You totally change your financial situation. Totally. By feeding on the word of putting a good deposit on Bible prosperity in your heart. Is this a word? I'm telling you. Hallelujah. You just have to be interested enough in your own victory to do what you need to do to get in you. I mean, how many you know when it comes to physical food, we're faithful. It may not be healthy, but we're going to give it calories. Calories equals energy. We are going to put calories in. And we're faithful to do it. Because we're in, our body will let us know and we're interested. I said we're interested when it comes to eating time. Amen. Well, when you learn how this works, a good man out of the good deposit of his heart brings forth. In the Amplified, the word brings forth, that phrase bring forth, it means flings forth. Up out of him. Up out of her. Instead of coming words of negativity, doubt, fear, anxiety, will come promises, covenant, what God said. And it'll come out in confidence. And you'll have, to, you'll, 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 you'll have these moments where it's like, who's that? Is that me? Did I just say that? Did he just do that? And I just let it wash off of me like, like I'm not even going to bring it up. Like no big deal. Like I'm going to go pray for him. And you'll go, whoa. What is going on with me? The word is gaining a place in you. Amen. Victory does not come uh, from outside to in. It comes literally from the inside out. Your health, your peace of mind, your finances, your victory, your success. Amen. 
I mean, you get so much of the blessing on the inside of you and the promises of God on the inside of you, and you're not just memorizing them and talking them, you're putting them into action. In other words, I'm a generous giver. (laughs) Glory to God. I've got seed in the ground. I'm a faithful tither. Bless God. Hallelujah. Uh, You know, amen. And you're doing the word. You're talking the word. You're thinking the word. You're meditating on the word. You're going to have the word. You're going to have the word in your life. Every single Christian who will put this principle to work in their life and stay with it. Well, Pastor, I, I read the word for 20 minutes and I didn't sense a change. Come on. You've been, you've been out of your mind in darkness for 30 years. What you've adopted, this is a lifestyle. It's how you live. Amen. You with me in this tonight? Praise God. Matthew 12, verse 35 goes on. It went on and said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, out of the good deposit of his heart, flings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure, out of the evil deposit, brings forth evil things. Right? We didn't read verse 35 or verse 33, but if you skip back up to verse 33, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or the tree bad, and its fruit bad. You know a tree how? By its fruit. See, we can tell what Christians are doing or not doing with the Word. All we have to do is look at their fruit. All we have to do is look at your fruit. Now, if you look at my fruit, don't judge me. Amen? I won't judge you. But it is observable. But we can change what our lives are producing By putting the Word of God first place. Put the Word of God on divine protection first place. Think about your faith every day. Every day think about your faith. Develop your faith. Feed your faith. Use your faith. Exercise your faith. Talk faith. Talking about a massive crime surge across the country. I'm not concerned. Amen? He keeps me by the power of God. He delivers me out of every evil work. He preserves me unto His heavenly kingdom. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of His testimony, of my testimony in His blood. I have angels who guard and defend me every day. All things that I found in the word. Amen? Let's close tonight in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we'll close right there. So victory, I don't care how some, some, some of you, I mean, I had, I had some things happen to me in my childhood. I did. But compared to what I know a little bit about what some of you walk through, man, I, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth compared to, but in the end, It does not have to matter where we started, what they did. You don't have to live there. Don't stay there. Don't lean on it as an excuse to be mediocre and poor and sick and dysfunctional and just repeating those patterns of poverty or abuse or whatever it is of failure. Listen, You have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I will give you a Bible. 
I will get you a Bible. But every single one of us, we have it within our ability to go to the top. To the top. To the top in marriage, to the top in family, to the top in health, to the top in finances, to the top in anointing, to the top in fruitfulness, to the top in every good thing. And all you got to do is turn the TV off. Create some time. Give some real effort. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Mark chapter 4, Jesus had given this parable. Anybody have an amplified handy? Face got her amplified. Mark chapter 4. We'll close with this. I hope you're getting something out of this. I mean, every one of us, if we'll take and go and do, my goodness, we totally, God will change. See, the Word is a supernatural seed. And your spirit is the dirt. And if you'll just plant and water and nourish the seed of healing, you'll be healed. Amen. I'm not just talking about confessing to confess it, but confessing to act, think, plan, act on the Word, doing the Word. And I don't care what it is, some arena of life that you're struggling with, the Word has your answer. So Jesus gives a parable, it's all about the Word, right? And in verse 24, or 23, Jesus said, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Then he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is, to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you. This doesn't sound like classic. This is not classic, is it? Amen. Huh? It's not the classic. It's the inferior amplified. You got the, you got the legit one? I'm not dissing your Bible. We bought it for you. They, you can't, it's, they're hard to get. Stay away from mine. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study. That's part of meditation. The measure of thought and study you give. Everyone say, that I give. To the truth you hear will be the measure of the virtue, that word means power, and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to those who hear. For to him who has, more will be given. And to him who has nothing, and if he has nothing, why does he have nothing? He has done nothing with the word. Even that which he has will be taken away from him. Notice this. He said, be careful what you're hearing for the measure of thought and study I give to the Word is the measure that I receive from the Word. You with me? So if you give 1% effort to the Word, you get 1% measured back to you. The differences we see among the fruitfulness of Christians over time is not God favoring one over the other. And it's not luck. 
Doesn't have anything to do with their education, their networking ability, their circumstances? No. All of us have total victory in every area available to us. And it all depends on the effort we bring to the Word. That's what Jesus said. You know, David, he's a pretty fruitful, powerful guy. He said, oh Lord, how I love thy word. It is my meditation all day long. Now, David was the king of a country. He had lots of meetings, lots to do, lots of things to handle. But notice, he could still say, oh Lord, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all day long. Just to determine that is what you're thinking about. You could take one scripture. This is my meditation for today. Make it the background on your phone. You know you check it like 200 times a day. <laughs> right? Have an index card, keep it in your pocket. But you're at a stop, you're at a, bless you, you're at a stoplight. Instead of looking at your social media, pull out your index card my God shall supply you know I'm thinking about one one that I know of it's just we all can but dealing with anxiety find a scripture or two about the peace of God about casting your cares on the Lord look on it observe it and then be strong be strong and courageous to live your life and thinking you're in line with that scripture and the power of that scripture will meet you finances will meet you. Your circumstances will change. Will come up. Amen? But all of us receive according to our own labor in the Word. Amen? So, as you put your stuff away, get ready to stand to your feet. How much victory do you want? How much health and healing do you want to walk in? You know, prayer lines and healing lines are wonderful. They have their place. But they are no substitute. They will not do for you over time if you neglect the word on healing. The the anointing in my hands or any minister's hands, it will will be no long-term substitute for your neglect of the word. Or mine. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for the truth. We thank you for the word of God. It's a living...